Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is a sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me Your News Network, and this is the 42nd episode of the podcast on October 10th, 2013. So what is the life, or the answer to life, universe, and everything? It's sports. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that, right? It's yeah. not 42, it's sports. <laughs> More specifically, football and or playoff baseball. We'll take those answers as well. Uh, how have you been, Joel? Good. Um, got to go to my high school's homecoming football game this past weekend, and uh, they beat up on a team from Pennsylvania. Like, well, it's cool when your football team wins. I mean, my football team is oh, they're, they're awful. Yeah, they've well, never I mean, been that good. They went no, they went to our first playoff. Uh, you know, you know, state playoffs. Like those are pretty easy to get to. You should be getting into high school football state playoffs. Uh-huh. Uh, they did that once, and it was like the first time ever they had done that. Not my senior year. Uh, it was like my junior year, you know, sophomore year. My mm-hmm. my senior year, they did not win a single game. The the varsity football team at my high school. So they've never really had anyone famous come out of it. It's like <laughs> these, you know, you know, some of these high schools that just turn out players. Oh, never, never my high school. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I, you know, we we had players that like ended up playing in college. But like not like at a lot of big time colleges or anything like that. But they they did only lose two games the whole time I was in high school. Wow, that's and that was you the, the same kicker. year. The kicker. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so they won three state titles. Wow, was there. Yeah, and, and <laughs> the, the two years that I played, we never lost. So that was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, the last game, we were really really close in overtime. Um, but. Um, there's a lot, you know. It's really fun. It's fun to go back and see the coaches. And I was in the band too, so I got to go see the, you know, the, the all the band people down there too. It was pretty mm-hmm. cool. But yeah. I'm glad I didn't go play in the alumni band because I I can't remember how to play at all. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> no, I mean we when you say like oh we've had you know players play at you know college and all that we had our star player he played at Howard. And then uh-huh. he got caught with drugs uh, from that team. So no. my high school is not known for things like that. Let's make it a quick show today. Uh, not that much going on, to be honest. You know, last week, Lane Kiffin was fired by USC. They brought on Ed Orgeron, who used to be at Mississippi. Uh, but, you know, it was part of the, the USC way of doing things, especially when, uh, you know, they went to uh, Lane Kiffin was at Tennessee. Uh, Ed Orgeron was there as well. Uh, Tampa Bay released Josh Freeman. We thought, you know, he might not get another chance, but Minnesota Vikings went and signed him. Uh, in case, you know, Christian Palmer continues to struggle. Christian Ponder, rather. I think maybe I was drifting off and thinking of his wife, who's on ESPN and is gorgeous. <laughs> Samantha Ponder, just saying. <laughs> uh, but no, so Josh Freeman is going to compete for a starting job there. And, you know, if the Vikings continue to struggle, maybe he gets the job. And the Major League Baseball playoffs begin, but we'll take uh, more stock into that when we get the five-yard line in our red zone where we talk about the three biggest sports stories of the week. We start at the 20-yard line. The Atlanta Falcons, you know, team that was the top seed in the NFC and the NFL for professional football, mm-hmm. they were 13-3 and last year, I believe. 
Yeah, they're really good. Really great team. Uh, prolific offense. You know, the skill players on the outside with Roddy White and Julio Jones. And, you know, Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, you know, had that big contract over the summer. Um, the team is struggling right now. We thought they would, you know, win the NFC South. Easily. You know, maybe if New Orleans made a comeback, it would be close. But we thought they would win the South. And just like our prediction for the NFC East, the Washington Redskins, that is going south. Yeah, just... Race. Yeah, just like the Redskins, you know, just kind of like Houston, um, you know. I mean, San Francisco looks like they're getting things together, but you know, some a couple well, teams. They played that, a couple, you know, tough games early in the year. Yeah, we thought that they'd be a lot. You know, these teams would be a lot more dominant, but you know, no more than Atlanta. Atlanta just really struggling. Um, you know, they just they just uh, let Geno Smith have. Uh, like one of the best, uh, I think it was something like one of the best uh, completion percentages that a rookie quarterback has ever had on a, on in a road game. Yeah, since yeah. Dan Marino. Oh, <sighs> like three touchdowns, no interceptions, and you know how he's been throwing those interceptions so far. It just uh, you know letting them march down the field, the end of the game, and win the game. Uh, really, you know struggling a lot and it's it's you know you could say what the offense is, it looks like they're scoring still so you could say oh well it looks a lot like the defense is just you know struggling a lot too but there's problems on offense too you know the there's defense wasn't that great them. last year and you had them you know, blow big leads in playoff games uh and that was a problem for sure um mm-hmm. but even the offense now i mean you have Julio Jones is confirmed out for the year with a foot injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's crushing. Roddy White has been sorely underperforming, and he's going to miss the next game at least. Yep. And it's a team where uh, Steven Jackson, you know, first or second game, he's been out for the week since then. Team with really great skill players on offense. But when you don't have that, they're mediocre at best. And, you know, we thought that that offense, with how it was last year, would be enough to power them. That's not looking to be the case right now. So no. I don't, if, we, if we make the play here, like our predictive element of the show, how many wins does Atlanta end up with at the end of the season? It's all about you know breaking down the schedule. we got to look how they're doing here. So there's coming against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, oh, actually, they're on the bye this week. So they get some yeah. time to sort it all together. Then it's yeah. you know home against Tampa Bay, at Arizona, at Carolina, home against Seattle. Thank goodness they don't have to go on the road. <laughs> At Tampa, home against New Orleans, because they already you know start off the year at New Orleans. Uh, at Buffalo, at Green Bay, home against Washington, at San Fran, and home against Carolina. I'll say seven wins. I don't think they reach 500. Mm-hmm. But when you're starting off one and four, yes, that is what they're starting off through five games, one and four. And you lost, you know, granted, you know, Miami is a better team than most people expected. But they lost to Miami at Miami. Lost at home to Jets. That's a big one. They got to shake that this week. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think that they, in a way, if you look at the front end of their schedule, it's not bad. Like, I mean, there there's some really good teams that they've played so far. Um, you know, it's tough. They've got to play New Orleans again. Um, I think even if you are on the, this year, they're good enough that, you know, even if, you're not there you know it's going to be a tough game um but they do have tampa bay twice and i definitely think tampa bay is a winnable game Mm -hmm. um 
you know, they get Carolina twice, and Carolina, you know, defensively has looked pretty good so far this year, but again, offensively is where those problems are, and I think if they can just score enough points against them, they can beat them. Mm. So, I see, like, potentially four wins if they can sweep those two opponents. Um, I think, like, the most possible at all is eight. Like, it, yeah. and that's no, if they upset somebody. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm going with eight. All right, sounds good. Well, tell us about the uh, the next story here. Oh, well, uh, Minnesota head coach uh, Jerry Kill, actually, who in the past has had, you know, various episodes of uh what is let's see what is he diagnosed with uh, epilepsy yep um so it was uh, i believe in the morning on saturday yes um he you know had another episode and so he was of course he wasn't able to coach in the game against michigan and um this has happened many many times before i mean uh yeah a surprising amount yeah a lot of times and it's it's one of those things where you know you talk about the different kinds of uh illnesses that coaches can have um and still do their job this one is this is one of those things where a lot of people you know a lot of people are voicing their opinion on this um a lot of people think that it's probably not a good idea to, for him to continue coaching mm-hmm. um because, you know, having a seizure, it, it's very dangerous. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, his health should be the first concern. If anything, you know, people being upset about <laughs> if he doesn't coach anymore, you need to take that into consideration. Um, you know, his, I'm sure that's what his family's thinking. And, um, you know, it's it's sad because he's a really good coach. And... Um, you know, you'd like to see him keep working, but um, it just as many times as it's happened, you, it's it's very um, c- concerning. Absolutely. Um, have you ever seen a seizure in person? I know it's not a sports question, but that's what I thought um, I'd ask. Let's see. E- yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And, um, they're, you know, different, it seems like they're kind of different depending on who it's happening to. Right. Um, it doesn't always look the same. It's sometimes it's hard to even tell if somebody's having a seizure. Um, because, you know, older people tend to have them a lot more. And, um, like I was, I I was with my grandmother when she had one one time and I had no idea that it was happening. You could barely even tell mm. just because it's sometimes they're very minor and light. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and other times, you know, it's they're very similar to like what you would see in the movies or something like that when someone's having a seizure and they're shaking and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I um, saw one that was more like that. And it was when I was in Germany and mm-hmm. I don't remember much of my Germany trip. I ended up getting a concussion there. So mm. kind of affected the, the memory overall. But I was in Munich and there's like a kind of a town center square and someone was sitting on a it's kind of like a, a fountain sort of statue-ish thing. Mm-hmm. And they were sitting about six feet high off the ground. And they they fell off of that 
face first, just you know, tilt oh, forward, geez. and because they were having a seizure, and so they're shaking on the ground. It was, it was disturbing. Mm-hmm. Like I can can't even imagine. Like you said, your family. That's that's so you know, mind-boggling to think of. But you know, for a football team to have their coach you know suffer through that, yeah, I'm in the the camp that says you know, your health is more important. And so he is taking you know the leave of absence from his team to you know kind of mull his options over and see if you know, anything can be improved. But this is his second one this year. Mm-hmm. Just this year, and you know, you had a couple last year as well. It's it's been a story that's you know been coming up, and that's that's unfortunate. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen coaches, you know, kind of uh, step down or take leaves of absences before for health. I mean, uh, Urban Meyer is a very good example, even though you know it, his what his problem is. It's not as obviously not kind of this serious thing because he's still coaching he's probably in a a more stressful job than he was in before Mm -hmm. um but uh you know it's just one of those things where it i don't know i saw an article where um somebody was they were basically discussing the types of physical or mental um you know ailments that that coaches could have and they that they think especially you know and these jobs compared to, you know, if you were coaching like a high school sport team or something like that, where there's just even more pressure on you. Um, and it is very interesting. I'll see if I can find it and give you the link. Um, but uh, it, it, it just it kind of makes you think, you know, life is life is a very precious thing. And, you know, you know, we all know football is very important to a lot of people. But in this circumstance, if you know, if I had to make the decision, you know, if it was you know somebody close to me, I'd say you know don't coach anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, if it just causes more stress, you know, that, that's the thing. And like you said, I mean, Urban Meyer, it's the same kind of thing. Like, I'm amazed that he came back to football when it was mm-hmm. his decision to step down for that reason. So honestly, we wish all the best to Jerry Kill and the Minnesota football program. Uh, but that's that's a tough situation to deal with. And yeah. So and their uh, I believe their defensive coordinator takes over as the uh, interim mm-hmm. head coach. Yeah, and, and you know honestly, Minnesota football is not at a place where you know if they're going places really. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all they're right now they've mulled around the bottom of the Big Ten for a long time. Um, yeah, I, even with the we'll talk about the little brown jug game against Michigan that they just had this past week. It had been to the point where I'm trying to remember the statistic. You know, out of like the last thirty or so meetings, Minnesota only had only won about two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, the rivalry, if you want to even call it, a, is that that kind of point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but they have a new stadium, and you know it, it's good for that fan base. So they're going through a lot right now. That's that's really a tough situation. Yeah, he was in the process of kind of starting to build. Something. Starting to, yes. Yeah. No, I, I give you that. Starting to because, like they they've played. You know some some good games recently, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's just not a team that's really pulled it all together. So we make the play here. Will Coach Kill uh, be on the sidelines as a head coach for another game this season? Um, I mean, as as a head coach, I I, I don't think so. You know, I, I I could see him being there. You know, not coaching the game because I'm sure that he would like to watch, but. Um, 
I think he's got to take care of his personal health before he even thinks about that. So he's got to, you know, recover and all that stuff. Anyways, so I'd say no, not this season. I think he might. Um, you know, these kind of coaches, like, that's their life. That's what they do. And I think, you know, close to the end of the season, you know, to maybe to motivate the team, you know, he, he might do that. And I hope he does. I hope he can coach and he's, you know, healthy enough too. But I see it as a situation where, you know, maybe at the end of the year he reassesses things and and that's not going to happen. And then he, he might have to, to step down. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, think, and I mean, it, it takes different people different amounts of time to recover. He's obviously gone through this before. Uh-huh. Anyways, so. No, I, we will see. It's it's going to be a really interesting development. Now, as far as uh, the five-yard line story, Major League Baseball, the we're in the playoffs here. You have uh, four division series where the uh, in the wild card, you had Tampa Bay move on to face Boston. And in the NL, your Pittsburgh mm-hmm. Pirates, how about that, went on to face the the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, they stole two games. <laughs> they sure did. Well, I mean, so what happened is we're at the point where three of those division series are they're done. What the heck is happening? Sorry, I've, <laughs> things on my phone are going weird. <laughs> mm. Upgrade. Yeah, I've got an upgrade and it's, it's freaking out a bit. Oh. Mm. What is happening now? Um, what was that? Oh yeah, so three of the division series games are done. Are there series that are complete? Uh, the Cardinals did fall. Uh, no, sorry, the Pirates did fall to the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. See, I'm all messed up. iPhone. I is wish, this, this is, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the Pirates fell to the Cardinals in five games. Um, whereas the uh, the Rays also fell, but in four mm-hmm. games to the Red Sox. So. In, in the first year of the wild card, you know that experiment didn't work out mm. too well. I mean, I think you know, well, in a way, it's just debatable. They didn't work out in the fact that you know the, oh, the wild cards are making progress and shaking things up. But it was good baseball, you know, to watch those, I, yeah, those I one game plans. I think that it, in, it includes more fans. It gets more people to watch. If anything, mm-hmm. the more the more times that you can attach playoffs to something, the more people are going to watch, anyways, regardless of who they root for. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other series that moved on was the the Los Angeles Dodgers, mm-hmm. and they ended up beating the Atlanta Braves, who never seemed to do that well in playoffs, despite their team this year. And that you know uh, ended in four games. Tonight is the other uh, division series wrapping up with a game five in Oakland as the t- uh, Detroit Tigers mm-hmm. take on the Oakland Athletics and. Uh, that was it was a wild, wild game four. Yeah. Um, you know, as someone who is a Tigers fan, you know, lives in the Metro Detroit area and was following that game with that team, um, <laughs> that was something. <laughs> um, you know, with the there was a controversial home run. Well, not only that, this team had terrible, terrible offense throughout the first <laughs> three games. Uh, it only scored in like two innings worth throughout all those games. And then they somehow pull it together. They're being no hit through four innings. In the fifth inning, they're down 3 nothing. 
Yeah. Johnny Peralta of all players hits a three-run home run. Johnny Peralta, who had you know been suspended for 50 games this year for PED use, probably his last year with the team. He's uh, you know, in his last year of his contract. They have Jose Iglesias to replace him at shortstop. You know, shortstop of the future. Mm-hmm. But they bring him back because they need all the help they can get on the offensive side of the ball. You mentioned last episode. This is a team that can get a lot of hits, but not many runs across the board. And this. This series, they weren't getting you know, either. So it ties up at 3-3. Three to three. Uh, You had a lot of moments where this controversial home run, people were comparing it to the, oh, is it Jeffrey Meyer incident in 1996 with the Yankees and the Orioles when at Yankee Stadium this young kid reached over. It was these two adults, one who was kind of falling over and looking drunk and being a little fat, <laughs> just saying, you got to watch the replay. It's it's funny to watch it in slow motion because this guy is like coming in and trying to catch the ball. It's just like, brr. Um... But yeah, controversial home run call, uh, you know, called home run in the field, not, you know, it wasn't, you know, indisputable to overturn it, so that stood. You had Max Scherzer, uh, who had won 21 games as a starting pitcher this year, come in for relief, you know, bases loaded, no outs, and gets out of a jam. Um, and then it, the team pulls it together. I, it's, it was an exciting game. They're playing game five tonight. I'm really looking forward to watching it. So before we go on and you know, ask, you know, look at these league championship series matchups and ask, you know, who makes it to the World Series as we make the play, uh, we got to think who you got tonight. Uh, I don't know. I feel like kind of like after the other night, that was, uh, you know, especially for Detroit, uh, like getting them over the hump mm. in a way. If, if they could, you know, somehow get, past that game then you know you gotta like them especially from what you saw in the game offensively um i don't know it's kind of making me like want to cha- like flip on those a's like a little bit a little bit <laughs> i mean uh, i'm still gonna pick <laughs> the a's because i did have them going to the world series they are a spunky team yeah and they are scrappy uh, yeah. But mostly uh, yeah, I, because yeah. I will feel less shitty <laughs> if my Tigers, who had all these World Series aspirations this year, get knocked out. And you had you know, Miguel Cabrera, who's still battling with all his injuries and all that. And even though there are reports that you know, San Francisco, when it coming into the playoffs, like they thought it was just a matter of being overweight. Mm-hmm. They you know, slung him down. Like, dude's injured. Like, yeah. And, you know, abdominal injuries, groin injuries. And yeah, he can't run with crap, but... He also shouldn't be playing, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and that's a, unfortunate with, you know, the kind of amazing season that he had. Mm-hmm. But I'm still going to go with the A's winning tonight uh, just to kind of cover myself that way. Yeah, like, uh, you know, I definitely want to go with Detroit and, and like, mm-hmm. it'd be nice to see them, you know, win that series. But I, I think that they're good enough to bounce back. Yeah, not the other night. Well, then you also have a, a rematch of you know Game Two's pitching matchup with Justin Verlander against Sonny Gray, and Verlander's mm-hmm. been pitching the best out of the the staff so far in the playoffs. Uh, he was fantastic, you know, eight mm-hmm. innings scoreless. No, sorry, seven innings scoreless, and only a few hits. Uh, Sonny Gray, the rookie for Oakland, just outdueled him, and that was a game going zero zero in the bottom of the ninth, and Oakland gets a walk off single. Uh, that was a mm-hmm. pitching duel, and it's a matter of thinking: can this rookie pitcher for Oakland, Sonny Gray? Get a win against Justin Verlander again. Like he did his job. He got the game two win. He wasn't expecting to to pitch again. And Bartolo Colon was your game one starter, and he's still fresh. But 
you know, Bob Melvin, the A's manager, goes with uh, the rookie Gray, mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens out of that. That's going to be an exciting game. So as far as the other series go, uh, we've got, you know, Boston waiting for the winner of that game. And, you know, if the Tigers move on against Boston, that's a really tough matchup. Uh, Tigers do not play well at Fenway. Uh, you've got the the short, you know, field, and you have David Ortiz right now on a tear for them. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's, if Detroit moves on to face Boston, I like Boston's chances. But if Oakland moves on, you know, they're the kind of team that has the surprisingly good pitching and you yeah, know, has the power. <laughs> The thing is, Detroit like is a team that re- is relying on power, but so many of their players are not offensively producing right now, and we'll see if that changes tonight, uh, if they can continue on. But if Oakland and Boston, you know, moves on, I, I like Oakland. Uh, I've liked what I've seen so far. And uh, then in the NL, it's you know the Cardinals against the Dodgers. Uh, what do you think of this one? I still, I still like the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I it. It's kind of hard to say, like, what exactly I see from the Cardinals after, you know, that they're playing the Pirates. And, you know, let's face it, the Pirates are not in the league. Mm. (laughs) The Dodgers. And, um, you know, definitely still going with the Dodgers in that one. Yeah. Yeah, I am too. Um, I I do like the pitching when you have Kershaw, who's he's got to be your NL Cy Young winner this year. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been lights out, fantastic. And then you'll get Granky as well. Um, as far as the Cardinals go, they are making it happen with a lot of rookies. And it's that kind of, they're another scrappy team. I, I just do not like the Cardinals, man. They are a team that is always seems to be in it. And I was reading an article on Deadspin today that was just kind of tearing into them. Like, saying, like, you know, they're Yankees fans, but at least Yankees fans are really cocky and will, you know, let you know about it. Cardinals <laughs> fans, like, are that same kind of, like, a great baseball town, you know, 11 World Series championships. But, like, they'll try to be nice about it. Uh, how did you feel? Like, were you seeing, like, some of the social media reactions were like, you know, oh, Pirates fans, you know, you guys played hard. And it's just like, oh, no, we, ha- we had you in a game five. We're going to beat you. Like, how does, <laughs> how does that kind of come across to you? I, I mean, they're always there. It seems like they're always there in the playoffs. So, I, you know, I... I was fully expecting them to sweep the Pirates. So if anything, I was a little bit surprised that they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, you know, it it seems like the more the more you win, the more arrogant you get anyways. So I, I guess it's kind of expected for them to be arrogant. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't really know many Cardinals fans. So I guess... I do know a few, so I'll have to ask them, you know, what they think of their own fan base. <laughs> right. Well, it's going to be going to be interesting to see what happens. So, I think an A's Dodgers, uh, that would be it'd be exciting. Although I I really would like to see a Detroit Dodgers World Series. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be fun. It's interesting because you know it. You go back to the preseason stuff and. That looks like something like that could have happened. Like, I, I, you know, I, I'd see a lot of people maybe picking that, and, um, you know, Detroit probably being favored. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously, if they get to that point, they they probably won't be favored. Um, but it would be nice to see it happen. Oh, absolutely. And you're talking about big, you know, media markets. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be a Red Wings game. 
why my phone shouldn't be I'm, I, <laughs> I'm doing this the, the whole beginning of the show. Oh, what the hell? Okay. We were talking about the beginning of the show. I just went and uh, you know, got the upgrade to the iPhone 5S, and so I've been struggling. All this stuff going on here. That's crazy. Um, so where we were talking about, oh, yeah, I mean, big media markets, if it's a Detroit, you know, Dodgers World Series, and that's the big thing, too. Like, all these teams, like, you're talking you know, sizable media markets, and that's it's a good thing. I mean, with Tampa, if Tampa moved on, like that's a that's a market that would not have tuned in, much less shown up to the games. Mm-hmm. I, just stating fact, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, that would be really neat to see. But it all starts with you know tonight's game, and so that's going to be a fun game five to see. Yeah, should be fun. So, but we break down the replay here. What, what do we got first? We got to whip through these here. Uh, Maryland at Florida State. Not How about that even game? Even close. How about that game? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Florida State's quarterback looked like famous Jameis. I mean, yes, he looked like the Heisman front runner to me. Um, because uh, you know, I if anything, if there was any strong point on Maryland's team, I thought it was their defense, but he just absolutely shredded it to pieces um and Florida State's defense completely shut them down their second team defense didn't even let them score uh, uh pro- probably the most dominating performance of the weekend well for sure it was a top 25 matchup and you were saying something about well, I don't with think turnovers. Maryland was tw- top twenty-five team. Yeah, they were. They were twenty-five. Well, I mean, I don't think they really are. Right, I but don't think they will be at the end of the year either. Oh, I, I agree with that. But you were talking about this team with uh, with turnovers. Oh yeah, yeah. Maryland fuels off of turnovers. I mean, a, a lot of teams do. And if if you're not like when we played them, I think we gave them like six turnovers. Of course, you're not going to win a game like that. But you know. It's the same thing. They were giving Florida State turnovers, and Florida State did not turn the ball over at all. Mm. And, I, I mean, that's the reason to score. I mean, really, they they took out the starting offense. They could have scored more points than Maryland, too. So It was really impressive. I mean, he, he absolutely was straight. It was really impressive. I, you know, I, I watched late into that game, and uh, he looks like he's been playing college football for – more than a year I, mm-hmm. he looks really good uh, it's gonna be fun to watch he, i gotta say he's probably a, a heisman front runner right now oh yeah the clemson florida state game is watch going out. to be insane that's gonna be bananas speaking of clemson they went to i mean yeah that was a 63 nothing final with florida state they were mm-hmm. 15 and a half point favorites clemson went to syracuse as 13 and a half point favorites and they put a beat down 49 14 yeah uh, that's yeah. no surprise right there mm. but here's a big one Georgia at Tennessee. Georgia's favored by 10. Oh, that game. You go into overtime that needs a last-second drive. I know they, they lose another running back. Marshall yeah. goes out mm-hmm. for the game, at least. And Aaron Murray's got to construct a last-second, fourth-quarter comeback. And Tennessee almost had him. You know, it, was, it would have been a great, great goal-line stand because it was first and goal. Mm-hmm. And they were out of timeout, so Georgia couldn't run. It was all pass. Because uh, you're running out of time, you had you know less than 20 seconds or so. You got to pass the ball so that yeah, don't fall short. You know, Ge- and then Georgia beat Tennessee in the way that um, they lost to Alabama. <laughs> yeah, that, that is true. 
And um, not only that, but Tennessee, if uh, if you know if their player doesn't fumble the ball through the end zone when he's stretching the ball out, they might have won. Mm. Yeah, that's very true. They went to the replay, they reversed the call, and they lost. Mm. Yeah, with diving across. You know, with the ball or trying to reach out for it and it gets knocked out. It does not break the plane. Oh, that was something. Yep. That, that's a heartbreaker for Tennessee. You know, they would have gone up with a touchdown, had Georgia you know, try. And Georgia didn't move the ball much, and it was just a, a great mm-hmm. kick uh, yeah. to win the game. I, I, I think that um, I didn't really like how they were, like, the, the way that they were positioning it. Like, I thought it was a little risky, but... <laughs> That was kind of like the the other night when I was watching Peyton Manning try and position the ball. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to fumble the ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is he doing? So Tennessee gets the the win in the sense that, you know, when we pick the games against the spread, they, you know, Georgia did not cover. So Tennessee Mm-mm. gets that win. You know, Georgia 34-31 in overtime. Uh, Arizona State at Notre Dame, not that. Oh, I was. It ended up being a close game. Uh, you know, Arizona State fair by five and a half. Notre mm-hmm. Dame pulls out the win by a field goal. Uh, it just did not, you know, show up on the radar of exciting football games, really. No, um, I didn't even realize there was a game on NBC. <laughs> exactly. Um, just, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could kind of say it, it was the team who got Lane Kiffin fired <laughs> versus, uh, that's true. Uh, you know, Notre Dame. And, um, you know, it... I, I, I guess you could say Notre Dame Notre Dame's defense kind of contained Arizona State enough, right? In this game, um, you know, still almost gave up forty points, but uh, <laughs> you know they scored. I think what was impressive was their offense because yeah. no, their offense to this point in the season was a, you know a big problem in the secondary, but um, they somehow managed to get a win, and I think you know that's a good thing for them because. They still have a bunch of bowl tie-ins, so all they got to do is win a certain number, and they'll get a much better game than a lot of teams would get. That's true. Uh, very true. They're they're both you know decent teams. Mm-hmm. I won't say good. <laughs> they're decent teams. Yeah. Ohio State at Northwestern. Buckeyes favored by a touchdown. This was Northwestern's big one. I mean, college game day was there. It's homecoming. It's a night game. And honestly, they played really well. I yeah. picked Northwestern because I thought they were going to keep it close. And they did. They almost won. It was 34 I mean, they were... to 30. <laughs> they were going to stop Ohio State from covering the spread. And as time runs out, whatever happened, fumble in the end zone, Buckeyes recover, this backdoor cover. Oh, that's enraging. I know we don't you know, bet money on these games, Vegas, whatever. But no, we had dreadful weeks. Mm-hmm. For me, that would have been nice to have. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just um, saying. Yeah, and I mean, like the, you know, I picked Ohio State. I thought that they were just more talented, and that would show up in the game. And I, I, I guess Northwestern just got worn out. I, I really don't really know what I didn't watch the whole thing. Um, but uh, that first half, I mean, Ohio yeah. State looked very, very beatable mm-hmm. by many teams. Um, and I, I think to this point, I don't just, I really don't think besides Wisconsin who played them tough, I don't think they'd played anybody that, um, was very good. No, I totally agree. That's, that's been the, the flaw of their schedule so far. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a relatively weaker big 10 this year. So 
Yeah. We will see how that goes. Uh, Washington at Stanford. Stanford favored by seven and a half. Washington plays them close. Stanford's got a you know do a last second victory as well, thirty one twenty eight. But that was a late game, so I, I didn't watch it. I, you know, I couldn't I, tell you I watched exactly. a little bit. Um especially switching over from the, my game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Washington, I think that they're as good as everybody expected, or at least, you know, from watching them earlier this year, because Stan, we all know Stanford's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they won't, they're not very flashy, um, but they they play good defense. And, and you know, I, I actually didn't think Washington would score that many points against them. So uh, Washington's definitely very much improved this year offensively. I think that's where you see the big difference. Yeah, they're uh, they're athletic. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. big thing. Uh, extra point for those that had it was Kansas State at Oklahoma State. Cowboys are down early. Yeah, well, they need this marked they wrong. Ha, 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 the whole ha, game I, to win the game. I've got it marked down wrong on our sheet. Yeah, they needed the whole game. They pulled it out late. They were favored by fourteen. Didn't get it, so you got Kansas State. They're uh, still having offensive problems, which they shouldn't because they've got so many good players in offense. Yeah, 33-29 final for the Cowboys. They do not cover the 14. Minnesota at Michigan, honestly, it was a 19-point spread, and, and Michigan was you know playing under it. I, I thought they were you know still going to struggle a little bit from their games with Akron and uh, Connecticut. And they were coming off the bye. The the Wolverines were my Michigan Wolverines. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were you know within like eighteen points or so for a long time until the end of the game, and they just got a couple garbage touchdowns. Uh, it's good to see that it, the offense is starting to work a little bit again. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little concerned for you know the tougher teams in the Big Ten schedule. So Michigan does cover. I'm sorry, Wolverines. I picked against you. I mm-hmm. suffered that one. Uh, but Baylor in your game against you know. West Virginia, you guys, uh, the Mountaineers traveled to the Baylor Bears, who were favored by 28. Yeah. I, what happened? I, yeah, you know, nobody expecting them to win. I didn't expect oh, oh, them to oh, win I did. either. I did. I had them going to the, and winning the Big 12. I'm just no, saying. I mean, I'm putting no, it out I meant, I, meant, I meant West Virginia. Oh, okay, um, okay. And uh, just, you know, you talk about, like, backdoor covers at the end of the game. Like, we almost got within the spread. That's true. And I was like. I was like, that was really the only thing I was hoping for out of this game, that we could stay within 28, because, um, you know, everyone knew their offense was good, but they really hadn't played many people. Their offense is really, really, really good. I mean, they, they I think they put up, like, a record number of yards in the first half, yeah. uh, like, ever in, like, the history of all football. I thought it was even a um, full game, and yeah. it was beating West Virginia's record against Baylor last year. Yeah, no, I mean, they're really, really good um, because our defense isn't as nearly as bad as it was last year. I can't imagine how many points they scored against us last year with this team. Oh. Um, really, it's because they can run the ball. They can run the ball so well. Um, we were like five yards in our back defensive backfield every single play, wow. and they've got a really, really good running back. You know, he transferred from Oregon, and... Um, I mean, he, he said he was going to win the Heisman. Before oh, that's right. Done. That's right. I probably not this year, but it's possible. I mean, it, the the stats that he puts up, um, and their wide receivers are really, really good too. I mean, 
they snap the ball every, I want to say, like every 13 seconds or something like that. Mm. And they score in drives under a minute. They're basically like the Big 12's version of Oregon. And um, I can only hope that somehow they get to play this year. I know it probably won't happen um, unless Oregon loses a game. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it'd be fun to watch. Uh, That's that's really impressive. I mean, you, you just you go look at the drives for that game and you'll you're just like this is like a video game i don't even know how they're doing this Hmm. it looks like our defense wasn't even on the field that's really impressive and i'm just say i i'm right now happy with my baylor pick to win the big 12 i'm just oh no yeah they look like they are really the only uh you know big 12 team that can compete with a lot of the better teams in the other conferences hmm uh, we went two and five this week, both of us. Uh, this is not a good season so far, especially for me. I don't know what's happening. It's dreadful, though. I think some wonky spreads, some crazy backdoor covers, and um, sometimes it's just you. It, something looks like it's you know a complete lock, hmm. and at the end of the game, <laughs> some team lets up. <laughs> It's, it's it's crushing. I don't know how else to, to put it there. <laughs> um, let's go in for the, the Smidget Leader. You can check our our uh, post on showmenews.com slash DTS for the most recent uh, you know standings in the show notes for this episode here. Uh, in the NFL, you had Seattle go to Indianapolis. Uh, Seattle gets their first loss of the year. Yep. Indy plays well at home. They got a, a hard-fought win there, 34-28. Yeah, they're 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 getting a lot better every game, and uh, I, they're they're kind of turning into what I expected them to be. I think um, they're outscoring people pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, Trent Richardson, like that's been a big move for them. Yep, for the, for the Cleveland Browns as well. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, New York Giants. Uh, Giants were favored by a point, but you know, Philadelphia came in there, got the turnovers, were down the Giants. Uh, that team starting 0 5. They're playing tonight against Chicago. I think it's in Chicago. Uh, Giants. Wow. Well, maybe start Chicago long, long will time. do one of those like reversal things <laughs> where one week they play awful and the next week they maybe maybe Philadelphia wins by 15 though. Uh, yeah. Detroit at Green Bay. Green Bay fair by seven and a half. Uh, this is you know a game I was telling you last week. You know Lions had not won in Green Bay since 1991. Division opponent, you play them every year in their home field. That's remarkable. It just does not happen for the Detroit Lions. It continues. Well, it doesn't help when you don't have Calvin Johnson, who makes a, a tremendous difference on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Bay wins 22 to nine. Uh, they, they're a beatable team. Yeah, if, they really if are. He had played, I'd 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 give Detroit another touchdown in that game, and then they would have covered. Yeah. No, for sure, but yeah, it all matters to the wins and losses. Carolina at Arizona. Arizona's playing at home. Uh, wh- I don't know what happened to Carolina. Cam Newton turned the ball over so many times, uh, and you're not going to – it's like you know, for every football game, you're not going to give yourself a chance to win. Arizona wins 22-6. to That's surprising. Uh, they're – Yeah, Carolina has a solid like defense, but, but you can't 
you can't give the other team the ball that much. Mm-hmm. Arizona's having a reasonable start to the year, you know, having around 500 or so. Uh, but granted, they had a really hot start last year and then lost tons and tons. Yeah, tons it's of like so give it more afraid, time. Everybody's afraid to jump on their bandwagon. Exactly. Ever. <laughs> After what happened last year, I don't blame you. Houston at San Francisco minus six and a half. This was over quickly. Just not mm-hmm. even close. Thirty-four to three. Uh, gosh. You heard the stories about, or at least rumors of what's happening to Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub is getting torn up in Houston, and yeah. that's unfortunate. You know, it's almost being fair weather fanish. The guy he's, took he's, you so far in the playoffs. Yeah, he like turned that program around basically. Pretty much, you know, took you to the playoffs and you know, led you on playoff some playoff runs, and yet he's made dumb decisions with turning the ball over, and they've ended up being pick sixes. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Sometimes when you have those interceptions, the offense has to tackle. Yeah. You don't let it be a pick six. But, you know, the rumors, which I don't know were necessarily confirmed, you know, some confirm, some deny, that a fan goes to his house and takes pictures of his family and harassing him. That's creepy. Get a life. Come on. That's ridiculous. But it's Texas. Texas loves in their football. Football. And the biggest surprise of the week, and we touched on it earlier, the Atlanta Falcons with a ten and a half point favorite, uh, you know, spread on Monday Night Football, hosting the New York Jets. I, the Jets, why aren't you tanking? You don't have a good team, you don't have the talent, but Geno Smith made it happen on the road, got the you know two minute drive, kicked the field goal, win thirty to twenty eight, and that was a game where the Jets even had a more substantial lead, and the Falcons battled back. Yep, take the one point lead, mm-hmm. but yeah, wow, look at the Jets. That I mean I don't know everybody you know I I think all of us are kind of wanting to say okay well they're they're clearly not you know it, that good you know sure they've pulled out a few close wins and stuff but they keep doing it. Do they somehow. want Jadavian Clowney? That's the question. Do you want Jadavian Clowney? <sighs> I. But then I there know. are things. <laughs> yeah. Does Jadavian? No. Does he? Is he picked first? That's another question we can ask. That's true. I mean, that was almost a story we put on the outline here with, you know, yeah. there's been miscommunication. Like if he's going to just you know sit with this rib injury or does he have the motivation? It's a draft yeah, so I mean, far away. But, sure, you know, it's nice talent. to be the number one pick. But, I mean, as long as you're in that top ten, I think you're okay. Pretty much. Yeah. He's just gotten talent for days. So we each went three and three on the week. Um, same thing with the Smenja leaders. Check out the show notes there. Mm. It's been a rough season so far. Yep. Just just a rough. I think you're doing you're doing better than me in both. That's for sure. Uh, but wow, it's it's gonna be interesting. So let's throw some more picks into the wind with the pick six. We hopefully they don't go for a touchdown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we start in college football with week seven. We start with the SEC matchup, Missouri. Missouri. Missouri goes to Georgia, minus eight. I think Georgia bounces back from that tough game. Missouri is not that good of a football team right now. I think eight's mm-hmm. easy to cover in a day game. Uh, give me the Bulldogs. Yeah, I mean, Missouri can score, um, which is, you know, I think a lot of teams would probably score in Georgia's defense. Georgia's um, on the road. I mean, that's a tough the SEC game on the road. That's tough. Yeah, um, but... Missouri's defense isn't good at all. And I think, uh, you know, even without those running backs, Georgia has enough playmakers to, you know, 
probably beat them by a couple touchdowns. Light them up, Aaron Murray. Red River rivalry. The Oklahoma Sooners go to the Texas Longhorns. Sooners are two touchdown favorites at 14 points. This is big for Mac Brown. Yeah. Um, this is one of those games that every year kind of determines them. And wasn't it like last year, Texas just got hammered in this game. Like it was not even close. Uh, Blake Bell had like four rushing touchdowns or something crazy. Um, you know, Texas has looked a lot better over the past, you know, like especially in the past game as last week, they re- they stole that game. They should not have won the game. Yeah. There was a, that's another thing that, that happened this week and just referees screwed up in a game really bad. Um, but, uh, you know, and so every game is very important to him, especially with, you know, a new athletic director looming. Um, but, uh, this is the big one for these two schools. And, uh, I, I just think Oklahoma is good enough defensively to control that Texas offense, especially when you're like, who's going to be the quarterback? I don't even know half the time. Um, and Oklahoma has enough offense to, well, I mean, who are we kidding? They're playing Texas's defense. Mm-hmm. So they'll probably have, uh, 300 yards rushing exactly that's just, that's the difference in the game for me yeah so i i think that when you're able to run the ball like that play actions open you're gonna score a few touchdowns <laughs> you got oklahoma yeah i got oklahoma. i've got the sooners as well it wasn't close last year i don't think it's gonna be close this year mac brown's job is on the line and that russian defense isn't getting any better for the longhorns give me the sooners florida gators go down to the bayou it's not a night game, but you know the LSU Tigers are favored by seven points at a 3:30 p.m. matchup, and I'll take the Tigers. Um, I, you know, I like the way the team's playing right now, and, and Florida going on the road. I, if it was in Florida, if it was in the swamp, I'd take the Gators. But mm-hmm. I think this is just a matter of an SEC matchup that I like. I like the Tigers in this one. Yeah, I mean, Florida will definitely slow down that offense, and they will they will not let LSU run all over the place but lsu doesn't have to run all over the place because they've got a really good quarterback and probably two of the best receivers in the country Mm. um and that's the difference in this game that's that's the reason that they will they will burn florida deep in this game florida won't let them run but they'll they'll score more than enough to cover lsu Mm -hmm. so you have florida Oh, no, LSU. Okay, I was just going to say, just making sure there. Here's here's a good one. In the Pac-12, at 4 p.m. Eastern time, you got the Oregon Ducks mm-hmm. going to the Washington Huskies. It's where college game day is this week, I believe. Yeah, uh, it yeah sounds it's in, about right. It's in Washington. And Oregon's a 13.5-point favorite. Might be one of the lower spreads, except when you, when you get to Stanford. One of the lower spreads of the season for the Ducks. Who do you got? Um, uh, just points and points and points in this game. Points um, and points. <laughs> uh, again, Oregon's got one of those teams where they can put the second team offense in, and they still run. They still run that offense so well, which I think is where, uh, because I think that Oregon can get away. You know, maybe maybe even by halftime they can pull away from Washington. Washington will come back a little bit. And then, you know, but I still don't think they'll be able to keep it within two touchdowns. Um, 
just because Oregon's offense is operating at such a fast pace, and it really doesn't matter who they're playing. I really, this year, looking at defenses, I don't think it really matters who they're playing because I think if you can run fast, no-huddle offense like they can, I don't think anybody can stop you. Mm. Usually, there's two or three teams that stand out on defense that um, up front they can beat you. I don't think there's any team like that this year. Just I I'm I'm not been impressed with any defensive team. Um, and so I, I think Oregon will keep this will not have a close game like Stanford did against Washington. I agree. Um, if it were more than two touchdowns, I'd be tempted to take the Huskies. Mm-hmm. But I think Oregon gets a late touchdown, and it's gonna be. One of those ones, like it's gonna be not that close for a while. Washington's gonna bring it back a little, and yeah, like you said, you know, Oregon's, Oregon's, just gonna, Oregon's just gonna wear them down. Defense very underrated. Mm-hmm. I think. Although Colorado got off to a quite the start last week, and then they just shut them down the rest of the way. That was surprising. Yeah, yeah give me the Ducks. Michigan Wolverines going to Penn State in all Happy Valley there. Um, Wolverines are a two point favorite, and it's at five p.m. And I'll take the Wolverines. I didn't like Penn State's performance last week against Indiana. Lost them for the first time ever. Ever. (laughs) Ever, ever, ever. Uh, And Indiana is not that good. Uh, Rookie quarterback. uh, I like Michigan's confidence coming into this game. It'll be be closer than I think a lot of people expect. But two points, we're almost talking more or less a pick them. Michigan could even win by a field goal. And uh, it would still cover. So give me the Wolverines. I'm sorry, Michigan. I strayed away from you last week. I'm going back to you. I think that, uh, I mean, yeah, all you got to do is drive down the field at the end of the game tied and kick a field goal and you cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I, I don't think it'll be that close, you know, maybe more like 10 points, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think uh, Michigan is finally going to put, you know, it seems like each week they're trying to figure out, especially after those, you know, the bye week, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what exactly was up with their offense. And, it, I mean, it looked a lot better this past week. Um, and I still, like, I still think their defense is really the strong point of that entire team. And... I think they'll just shut down Penn State. They've got a really, you know, Penn State's got a really young quarterback. He's going to be good in the future, but he's still got a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. Yep, Christian Hackenberg. It's that's a big test for him. Georgia Tech at BYU minus seven at seven p.m. Eastern time. Who do you have in this one? I've got BYU because of their defense. Um, I really like it uh, this year. So, you know, last year was really really good. Um, I think it'll shut down that option attack. And, uh, you know, Georgia Tech kind of underwhelming mm-hmm. lately. A lot of people thought they'd beat Virginia Tech, and they didn't. That was a good defense. They played a good defense, and they got shut down. Um, I think, you know, if you play defense against that option like you're supposed to, I don't think Georgia Tech's defense is good enough to, you know, hold down that BYU offense. Yeah, it took the words out of my mouth. I mean, it's BYU, BYU I think they're going to be prepared to stop the option. Um, and it is all about their defense. But BYU can also run the ball, as we saw, as they did against Texas. 
Mm-hmm. And that'll be the other important thing. For a touchdown, I think they can cover that. So give me the Cougars as well. Hands at home. Mm-hmm. That it is. Gotta like that too. Syracuse goes to NC State in the extra point if it applies to you. Six and a half point favorites. And I'll take the Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. Uh just because they're called the Wolfpack. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, Syracuse, a uh, tough week coming off that against Clemson. Then they have to go on the road again to NC State. I don't like, you know, their momentum going in that game. I'll, I'll take NC State. I like that pick. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with NC State as well. Um, you know, Syracuse looked pretty awful at home against Clemson. Um, and, you know, NC State, obviously not as good. But it's you know going on the road. If you know if they couldn't play that well at home, regardless of the opponent, I I think they'll struggle on the road. Mm-hmm. So we're picking all the same teams this week in college football. That can't end well. And as the uh, the game five in the ALDS between the Tigers and Athletics starts, let's you know go through these NFL games here. We start with the Detroit Lions going to the Cleveland Browns. It's Yoko versus Tony in terms of football teams on the gridiron. The show uh, me your news special. <laughs> it's a plus one, so Detroit is favored by one. It's pretty much a pick And I'll take the Lions. Because I don't believe in the Cleveland Browns and that factory of sadness. Yeah, they've they've been putting together some good performances. And mm-hmm. it's going to be a matter of shutting down Jordan Cameron, the tight end. He's really made a name for himself. Right, playing right alongside Jimmy Graham is you know, one of the best tight ends in the league. Yeah. Uh, but once you do that, I think you know, you're back to... You lost Brian Hoyer... Yeah. Year, which I gotta say, former Michigan State quarterback, <laughs> kind of a little relieved to see that he's not, you know, gaining that big fame. So you're you're mm-hmm. back to uh, to Brian uh, Brandon Whedon. Brandon Whedon. Uh, so good luck with that one there. Yeah. Sorry, Tony. Oh, I know I you're gonna they're the... gonna win and you can rub it in my face. I get it. <laughs> but I, I don't, don't think that the. Uh, I don't think the. It was funny because I was talking to him and he was like, "Did he tell you that during the show?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> um about the injury um i don't think that the our uh our baseball player whedon is is gonna be able to you know uh, put on the same kind of performance that hoyer was putting on Mm -hmm. um i I think it's definitely a different offense when he's in there compared uh, comparatively um it's you know it's again one point to pick them. I gotta go with Detroit. You know, you you can look at what they did against Green Bay last week. Like we said, they know each other really well. They you know missing the best wide receiver in the NFL. Lambo does make and a difference. I don't know if Calvin Johnson's gonna be back. You know he's started still, a little I, bit. I, I, I like Reggie Bush. Yeah, I think maybe. that you know he's definitely going to have a big game against Cleveland. That's the answer. That's a good one. St. Louis at Houston, minus nine. What do you have? Rams or Texans? <sighs> this is this is also kind of hard just because lately Texan, Texas has been struggling this year. The wins they have, they kind of just pulled out, barely. Um, and do we necessarily know who's going to be the quarterback the whole game there even any anymore? I mean, if he... If if he goes out there and throws more interceptions, you don't really know. Right. Um, you know, again, St. Louis's defense has looked a little bit better this year um, compared to last year. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think the the problem St. Louis is still having is they're ha- they they really haven't figured out how to use Tavon Austin yet. 
or any of their yeah really any of them um but you know they've gotten in plenty of touches but just i don't know if i really think that they need to figure out ways to get him to return stuff because he's been very hesitant to return kicks um because i think that's where he benefits you the most right away um I think I think I'm just gonna keep going with Houston, even though it's nine points. Um, I think St. Louis still has a lot to work out on offense, and there, you know, Sam Bradford is not on the same page as his receivers at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it, he's got a lot of weapons. He just does does. It seems like half the time it's an incomplete pass. Um, I think Houston, you know, though they've had their own offensive struggles. I like their quarterback still a lot more than Sam Bradford. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, at home, I think I'm going to take Houston to try and get things back on track offensively. That's the thing. Houston's coming back home against a not a good football team. I think they're going to right the ship. Nine points. I think they can cover that. Give me the Texans. Uh, I don't see the Rams making it close. Mm-hmm. Oakland Raiders at the 5-0 and Kansas City Chiefs. Minus nine and a half. I like Kansas City to win the game. I think it's going to be close. Division rivals. They. And I will take the Raiders. Uh, You know, with Terrell Pryor kind of returning his career around. Look at that. A pretty impressive story. Mm -hmm. Though I do think, you know, Andy Reid's got the Chiefs playing really well. I just don't think. It might be a touchdown. Might be a little less. But I think nine and a half is pushing it a bit. Oakland is not that bad of a football team, in my opinion. Uh, they're not, you know, going to be threatening for a playoff spot or anything, but I think they can prevent Kansas City from covering that in half. Um, I think I'll just take Kansas City to be different. <laughs> there you go. Um, we got to break it sometime. I really hadn't made the decision on this one yet. Um, you know, I think uh, how could you be upset with how they're playing this year? Um, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing the turnaround Not from two wins all last year to five already. Yeah, I mean, he, I, there were a few people like experts out there predicting them to make the playoffs at the end of the season. A lot of people were like, "What are you thinking? What are you thinking?" And I then I'm making you, a wild you, you card too, game. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, I think that it it, show, it shows you a lot about Andy Reid. I think more than anything, and. It, it had to be pretty satisfying for him to go into Philadelphia and win that game, too. Um, yeah, I just, I like the way they're playing. Um, you know, Oakland, yeah, Oakland's not as bad as people think they are. They're much more improved. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I just like all the weapons Kansas City has. I, I really like the way they're played right now. I feel like they... I feel like they think they can beat anybody. That's good to have that confidence for a football team there. Here's a big one. Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, gosh. They were doing smack talk on Twitter. And it was just, oh, my gosh. It was so amusing. They're at the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. Opened with the biggest spread in football history at minus 28. Mm-hmm. It's down to minus 26 and a half. We're an NFL game. Uh, that sounds like a, a you know a college football kind of spread. Mine's twenty six and a half, but it's NFL. Yeah. So Jaguars going to the Broncos four twenty five Eastern minus twenty six and a half in favor of the Broncos. Who do you have? 
Um, Kicking against the spread. I mean, again, when you have a spread this big, it's really, really hard because, you know, every NFL team, regardless of the record, has lots and lots of players. And somebody could go out and have an amazing game and, you know, keep the game close. Um, I guess... I don't know. I usually like, especially if it was ever an NFL game, probably would never even pick a spread that's like 21 or greater. Mm. But I'm I'm gonna go with it. I'm, I'm gonna say that they, Ooh. you know, beat them by like 30. Um, Denver. Expe- the reason is if Denver had blown out the Cowboys last week, yes, then I think if the, with this spread, I would have picked Jacksonville. Because it, it would have been even bigger, for one thing. But um, it's always nice to see, you know, a team that's just dominating everyone get a scare. Yeah. Because then they go into practice that next week having a lot more things to improve. It tests the metal, yeah. And, and that's scary to think that that offense can get better, but it's going to get better as I the mean, season goes on. That was a game we didn't talk about because we didn't happen to cover it, but that was an exciting one between I mean, Tony Romo throws for 506 yards and loses. Yep. You know, Peyton Manning, he's up to 20 touchdowns already on the year through five games. He did throw the first pick, but he you know did set that record for the, the streak to start yeah. the season. I mean, uh, it definitely, there's lots of game tape now for Jacksonville to look at to see what the Cowboys are doing right mm-hmm. against them. So that's another thing. But um, I don't know. I just feel like there's every anytime there's a team... They get to scare them like that. They're going to come out and play that much better next week. Especially at home. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Jaguars for the stupidity of it all because you got to make some bold picks because these games have not been going a lot of the ways that we've expected. Now, honestly, mm-hmm. I think you know Peyton Manning is going to have a really hot start to the game. Yeah. And there's talk they might take him out just to rest him because like, well, that's the only thing that can honestly legitimately happen is that a fluke play happens he gets injured against a game that you're gonna win you're gonna win that football game i think something like that happens and you know jacksonville somehow prevents them from covering that 26 and a half you they could still blow them out and not cover the spread exactly yeah so um but i mean yeah it's at home why not throw why not throw six touchdowns exactly you know put on a show for the fans yeah just just put yourself way way even further ahead of everybody else in the mvp vote exactly (laughs) washington redskins at the dallas cowboys minus six on the sunday night football game i'll take the cowboys i know washington's coming off of a bye but that is a team that's struggling and not using RG3 to his full potential maybe it might have something to do with the injury maybe it's just the hesitation of mm-hmm. it all, but I think Dallas is coming off some you know good you know motivation enough of uh you know off of last week. I mean that that's tough to lose that game when you thought you had it, and you almost did except for the Tony Romo interception. But I think Dallas is coming off some good momentum. You know, got the offense clicking a little bit, and watch out the Redskins. I think six is easy to cover for the Cowboys. Logically yeah. speaking, that would yeah. be what happens. That's I'm I'm assuming because they're divisional opponents, that's the reason that it's only six. Mm. Um. Because Washington's defense has looked so bad this year, and Tony Romo just threw for 500 yards. Yep. So um, you've got to think that um, the Cowboys are going to put up big, big numbers against the Redskins. And can the Redskins do the same? I 
I don't really know. They they start so slow every game. It, if they get down by even, you know, like 17 points, like it's just how do they even come back yeah. from that? Um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I mean, they even gave us the six instead of, you know, something a little bit higher or something like that. So all I got to do is win by a touchdown. I'm taking the Cowboys. There you go. Finally, the last game, Indianapolis Colts at San Diego Chargers on Monday Night Football. Plus one. Colts are only favored by one. Who will you take? Why are they only favored by one? That's a good question. Is it because San Diego won last week? or I don't know. I mean, Indianapolis beat one of the best teams in the league. Um, yeah, I, I guess it's because it's on the road at San Diego. I'm taking Indianapolis. Um, I think they're a much better team than San Diego. I agree. You're the Colts. Andrew Luck's on a roll. Going to keep it going yet. Yeah, and I, I don't. I mean, Phillip Rivers can throw the ball as well, but I think that Colts defense is, is better than the Chargers defense. Mm-hmm. So I like the Colts as well. All right, so the only two picks, even though we make our picks before the show, I've got Oakland, you have Kansas City. And I have Jacksonville, and you have Denver. College football and NFL. Otherwise, all the other picks are the same. It's going to be an interesting week. Hey, if we screw up, we almost screw up the other. <laughs> there you go. Which that is more likely to happen based on this year. Go down with the ship. <laughs> but we're going to watch some some baseball playoffs. I know I've got a game to go catch at Buffalo Wild Wings, and mm-hmm. that's going to be fun. I uh, wonder if it's like the commercials where they can like change the impact of the game based on what the fans are rooting for if only if only all right uh, so when that you know when you guys are like screaming oh what was that and then they reverse the call i'll be like well it's because he went to buffalo that happened that is why the sprinkler pops up (laughs) yep perfect perfect (sighs) well anyway with all that i am peter and i'm joe All right, we hope you enjoy the week in sports.